This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Hey guys, how are we? Good. My name's Arnaldo. I'm one of the pastors here in the church planting resident and it's a real honor for me and a pleasure to open up God's word for us this morning. Uh, it's going to be a different morning. I mean, we can even feel it in the air uh, here, but um, we, we do want to respond uh, as to uh, our situation as a, as a people, as a nation, as a, as a world, as, as humanity, as it were. We've all felt this sort of ambient anxiety uh, this week, in the past couple weeks, about what is happening around the world around COVID-19, and um, uh, we feel stressed as, as a race, as a, as a people, uh, as a culture. Uh, whether that is something you feel acutely in yourself uh, or not, uh, it is something that you're swimming in. And so even, even when our minds don't catch up to what's happening, it often shows up in our bodies. And so uh, we, we want to address about what, what, what does it look like? We want to address the question, what does it look like to be the people of God in this time? And I'm not assuming that everyone here uh, follows Jesus, uh, uh, but this would be a good window maybe for you uh, into the resources that are available to us in the gospel uh, as to how we are to be a people. How do we respond to what is happening in our world? And so I want to give you a couple ways that uh, we have been responding, and then a a third way that we feel uh, really comes out of Psalm 46 um, that will help us. And I pray that the Lord would speak to you this morning. Uh, that through my frail words, that he would, he would speak his strong word to you. So before I do that, let me pray, because I need prayer uh, to speak. You need prayer to listen, and so let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us again. Uh, we thank you uh, for just enough help to be here this morning, and we pray that often, but uh, today that feels like it has a different weight to it, a, a, a different edge. And so we thank you, Lord. We... we uh, we just ask that you would go before us now. Help me, Lord, to forget the things that are going to be unhelpful for your people this morning. And help me to remember the things that will be helpful. All for your glory and for your namesake. Lord, may we uh, um, uh, decrease uh, so that you may increase this morning. And for those who are far from you, those who uh, maybe are wayward, may, maybe those who, who don't follow you, Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, convict and bring home uh, those who are far from you. So we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Now, the World Health Organization has announced that COVID-19 is officially a pandemic that happened last week. Uh, And about 125 countries and regions around the world have been affected. Uh, There have been more than uh, 140,500 confirmed cases worldwide. Of those cases, about 5,300 have resulted in death. 3,100 of those have been in mainland China. And and as we know, many of us know that that the the regions affected most besides mainland China are Italy and Iran. And so we want to keep them in our prayers. In terms of Australia, at 6.30 in the morning yesterday, the the reported numbers are uh, that there have been 197 cases in Australia, 91 in New South Wales, uh, with three deaths. Uh, and so as, as this pandemic uh, sweeps across uh, the nation and the world, uh, we need to ask ourselves this question. Who are we going to be? We're getting a lot of advice as to what to do, and, and a lot of it is good advice that we should heed and that we will heed. But there's a deeper question than one of self-preservation. 
it's, it's one of witness. It's who are we going to be? Who are you going to be in the midst of this crisis? We don't know what the next few weeks will look like. We don't know what the next couple months will look like. We don't know if this is going to mark our generation uh, for decades to come. But there are some things that we do know. And there are ways that I pray that this church, this particular local expression of the body of Christ, Anchor Church, will respond in a particular way. And so I'm going to go through a few ways that we have uh, seen a response in our culture, in our world, in us. And and I want to acknowledge here now from the front that many of us uh, already struggle with anxiety and depression. Um, Many of us are are very uh, uh, sort of aware of that reality in our own lives. I am. Some of us are, are bent towards giving in to that air, as it were. We already live in an anxious culture. We call it ambient anxiety, where it's, just, it's normal for us to be anxious. And so when something like this happens, when, when COVID-19 comes on the scene and it's sweeping through nations, 125 nations and regions, what that can do to us, it, it really taps into the anxiety and maybe even depression for some of us. And so I, I want to acknowledge that. And, and I want to say that God wants to meet you there. He's not waiting for you to sort of pick yourself up and, 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 and get cheery or, or get hopeful or, uh, in order to meet you. He, he's going to meet you there. There's fear in this room. Let's just acknowledge that. There, there's anxiety. Let's just acknowledge that and say that God's going to meet us there. He wants to meet us there. And so a couple of responses. The first one is panic and anxiety. And we've seen that. We have felt that, like I said, sometimes our bodies, our minds need to catch up to our bodies. And we've been maybe feeling maybe aches and pains that we, we've never felt before or, or, or haven't felt in a long time. Because we are, we're living in this sort of tumult, uh, this, this wave. I don't know if you've ever been caught in, in a rip. I haven't. I can't swim. But I don't know if you have. But it, it, you, it, you just get caught under and you don't know left from right, up from down. You don't even know if you're going to survive this thing. And many of us are feeling that way. Our culture is definitely feeling that way. We've seen that in so many ways, some ridiculous, some more serious. But the question is, how are we to organize our interior life and our external life uh, based on who God is. And, and so often, uh, this response of panic and anxiety, even if we're naturally and biologically prone to, to, to lend that way, to give ourselves to that uh, uh, way of being, way of acting, is, is another question. And that's so often what it does, it exposes us. We don't like that. And what, what it does, it exposes a deficient view of the sovereignty of God, that God is actually in control. We say that. And it kind of just rolls off our tongue, and and we hear that, and we sing songs about that. But is that a reality in your gut, in your bones, that God is sovereign? That there's not one molecule in the universe that moves without his say-so? That that he's the one, as Psalm 46 is going to show us, that will bring up kingdoms and tear them down? And so we, this, this posture, and I'm not saying that, 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 that it's, it's not going to happen for us, that we're not going to panic and we're not going to be anxious. What I'm saying is that we cannot enter into that panic and anxiety as a posture as the people of God. That is not to mark people of the kingdom. We have a strong God who is secure and is sovereign, who is holding all things together by the word of his power. We learned that from the book of Hebrews just a couple weeks ago. 
that he's holding all things together. And so panic and anxiety, while this may, be, uh, this may sweep through us, uh, that's exactly it. We want to let it sweep through us. We don't want to build our tent, our house, in, in this culture of panic and anxiety. That is not to be the way of us, Anchor Church. That is not to be the way of the people of the kingdom of God. But also on the other side, we have found, I have found, I've experienced lots of conversations of sort of this ungrounded and reckless faith. Well, I'm not going to wash my hands. God is sovereign over the germs. Like, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to do that. Like, whatever, you know, que sera, sera. Well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. This sort of free for all, this, this lack of self-awareness. And additionally, what that shows is that there, there's a lack of, of deep, deep, a lack of, of neighbor love. Many of us here are healthy enough that if we contract COVID-19, chances are we'll be okay. 89% of the, uh, of the cases are, mi- are mild. Uh, 11% are either critical, uh, severe or critical. And, and the, of those are, are the ones who already have pre-existing conditions, respiratory issues, uh, blood conditions, heart conditions, and so forth. Many of us here feel like if we get it, we'll, we'll be okay. But you're not the point. The point is that we practice neighbor love as we, as we take some common sense steps to stay the curve, to stay the spread of this coronavirus. This is not just about you. This is about the vulnerable in our communities. This is about the vulnerable in our family. This is about uh, 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 the, the people who, if they do contract this, uh, this will almost certainly mean death for them. And so, and so part of the common sense response that we need to have uh, is that it's not just this uh, ungrounded and reckless faith, but also it's not this panic and, and worry and, and anxiety. So, so who are we to be? What are we to do? How do we respond? Who are we going to be in this moment? And I want to give you some, uh, some ways of being out of the text. And so it's, it's not about panic and anxiety. It's not about an ungrounded and reckless quote-unquote faith, but it is about being faithfully present. Our call as the people of God in all times, but particularly in times of crisis, is to be faithful and present to God, to ourselves, and to others. That's our call. And I want to show you that from Psalm 46. God is our fortress. So read with me now the first couple verses. Because what we're going to do in this text is we're going to look at who God is. We're going to look at where we are, so who God is, where we are, and what we behold. First couple verses, who is God? God, Psalm 46 says, is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's who he is. And so often we'll just, we'll, again, we'll read this text and we'll roll over it. Of course God is a, a very present help, but have you felt that? This week, as panic has scoured your interior life, have you felt God to be a present help in the time of trouble? He goes, he goes on, therefore we will not fear though the earth give way. Now, I don't know, I'm from the east coast of the United States. I've never experienced an earthquake. I'm not sure if you have, but apparently it's pretty scary because the earth is giving way. And there must be this intense disorientation where you don't know what is happening. That the thing that is most secure, the ground, right, the thing we build skyscrapers on, right, that is giving way. 
this complete unraveling of creation, this chaos, talks about though the mountains be moved. Have you ever been to a mountain? I remember going down to Tasmania to perform a wedding there in front of this mountain. I can't remember what it's called. It's beautiful. Deer something. I'm not sure. But gorgeous. It, and I look at the photos now, it looks fake. Like it just looks like a painting. And then imagining that these mountains be thrown into the sea, this unraveling of creation. And for some of us, that, that's, been our, that's been our life this week. This unraveling of reality and creation and this exposing of what we're really trusting in. That we say with our lips we trust in Jesus, but really we're, we're just trusting in our health and our prosperity. What we say is that we, 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 we trust in the one who raises the dead, but really we just need to stay, stave death for as long. as That's our trust. Our trust is more in ourselves and in this life than in the, in the kingdom that Jesus is bringing through us. That in the middle of chaos, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, that it's in that time that we will not fear. That it's in that time that we will not give in to fear. And so who is our God? He's the very present help in a time of need. But then where we are, our position, there is a river, verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. So you get it? So the mountains will be moved, but whatever city this is talking about, what, whatever sort of structure this is, this is meaning to point to, that will not be moved. Now let me give you a quick uh, preview uh, of the whole Bible. The whole Bible is a story of the witness of God. From Genesis to Revelation, over and over and over again, God's passion is to be with his people. And ultimately, what we see in, in Revelation 21 is that a city will come down beautiful as a bride. And you know who's the bride? You. You. You are that city of God that the psalmist is talking about. The people of God who have the spirit of God is the city of God whose rivers there's streams that make glad the city of God. And this reminds us of, of, of John 4 where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he gives her a promise. He says, if you drink the water of living, uh, 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 the, the living water, you will have streams that flow from your heart. And so the point is this. We do not fear why. We do not give in to panic or sort of this false sense of faith. Why? Because he is in your midst. He is with you. That is the greatest promise that we could ever receive. I don't know what level of, of pain or, or anxiety or depression you've experienced in your, your life, but let me tell you something. So much more than an answer is presence. That he's with you. That we may not understand why this is happening. We may not understand why the Lord allows things to happen such as this, but this is what we do know, that he is with you. Your story is about the witness of God. God is in the midst of her, and she, that's you, the church, she shall not 
be moved. Even when the nations rage, verse 6, and the kingdoms totter. Right? Things, uh, uh, nations and governments and kingdoms that set themselves up as sovereign. You know, we, we walk around our city. And I often, I, I walk around and, uh, you know, I'm from New York City where, you know, the skyscrapers everywhere. And, like, we, we, we walk around our city and we look at houses and we look at buildings and we think, huh? Somehow we think there's an, an eternality to these things. But you can go to Rome, pay 15 bucks to go check out the Colosseum. The, and Rome was known as the eternal city. And what this is exposing in us is our fragility as hope prayed. What it's exposing in us is, is not a loss of control, but the illusion that we ever had control in the first place. And this is an opportunity for the people of God to know that God is in her midst and we shall not be moved. There's this thing that I've been saying, this, this phrase from uh, a theologian called James Bryan Smith that I've been, I've been saying over and over this week. Because so often we have been under the onslaught of social media, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but, but this is it. And this is something that I, I pray that you would hold dear to your heart, that every single time you read an article about COVID, every single time you read about a new death, that this is what is true about you, and this is what you speak over your life. I am one in whom Christ delights and dwells. I am one in whom Christ delights and dwells. I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. The kingdom, listen, is not in trouble and neither am I. The kingdom of God is not in trouble and neither am I. Because this provides for us an opportunity. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But the third point is what we behold. So it's not only who God is, being present to him. It's not only where we are, being present to ourselves, but it's together what we behold. And this is what the text says. Come, come with me. Behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations to the earth. Come and behold the work of the Lord. And what is the apex of the work of of the Lord, but the incarnation, the life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are things, listen, there are angels who have been in the presence of God for eternity. And 1 Peter 1.12 says that these angels, there are certain angels who, who peak, who, 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 who kind of want to get a picture of what the gospel is. So even angels who are in the presence of God for eternity, right, since, since they've been created and they will be in the presence of God for eternity future. They long to know the gospel. The gospel that's been given to us, the gospel that you know, the gospel that says that Jesus in our place, this is God incarnate himself, has entered into our anxiety, has entered into our fear, has entered into our pain, has taken our sin upon him, and we are free. We're free to be human. We're free to love God and love neighbor. And angels yearn to look into this. And we're, and we're told to behold it. Behold it. But this week, what have we been beholding? We've been beholding chaos. We've been giving ourselves to behold things that are inducing a culture of fear and anxiety. 
the text says to be still and know that I am God. That Yahweh is God. But this week, Twitter's been God. CNN has been God. Your Facebook feed has been God. Your coping mechanisms have been your God. Netflix has been God. And if you've been really low, like me, TikTok has been God. I'm sorry, that's a confession. (laughs) And because what we behold is what we become. And, And we need to wake up to ourselves and understand this point, that what we do does something to us. We think we're walking around sort of in this neutral zone, but what we do, what we give ourselves to, what we give our eyes to, what we behold, shapes us. And if we are beholding constantly an onslaught of of anxiety and fear-inducing feeds on our phones, then what do we expect but to become a people of fear and anxiety? When that is what we're giving ourselves to, there is another way, Anchor Church, to be the people of God. And so what does it look like for us then to give ourselves, to not anxiety and panic and fear and not this reckless and and unhinged, quote-unquote, faith, but it's to have faith in God, wash your hands, and follow protocol. Wash your hands, have faith in God, and follow protocol. Martin Luther, uh, the reformer, uh, when the bubonic plague was sweeping the world, uh, uh, gave people a, a few sort of common sense things to do. He says, just practice good hygiene. You know, Martin Luther, we think this spiritual giant would just say, just trust God. All right, sure. Trust God by washing your hands. Trust God by not going where you feel you may be a threat to other people's lives. Trust God by practicing neighbor love, by uh, maybe self-isolation. These are things that we may be called to in the coming weeks and months, and we need to think rightly about them. And we need to heed the, the, the warnings for those most vulnerable in our communities. And so what next steps? What, 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 do we, what do we do? A couple next steps for our bodies, for, our, for the physicality that God has placed us in. Wash your hands. Like, this is a point in a sermon. Yeah, wash your hands. And maybe a practice that you can take up, particularly if you have kids or, or, you know, and you want to do this together or, or with your gospel community, whatever it is. Maybe you can be, make a ritual out of it and transform it. And so my suggestion to you this morning is to recite the Lord's Prayer as you're washing your hands every time you do that. And integrate your faith with something as simple and embodied and beautiful as caring for others by keeping good hygiene. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory. Amen. Rinse and repeat. And allow God's word to shape that practice. But also practice social distancing. 
which means we're not going to be precious when someone doesn't want to hug us, right? Like, that's, it's cool. Like, listen, I'm Hispanic. I'm a hugger. You know that. If you've been around, I got a reputation for hugs. Like, I, I, you know, I'm tactile. I, I love it. Uh, but but we, we need to practice social distancing to prevent uh, uh, a, a f- further passing on. Also, we need to listen and heed the counsel of our state, federal, and international health organizations and limit contact to where it's absolutely necessary. We, listen, we don't know how this is going to shape our next weeks and months or whether this is going to be uh, what marks our generation. But what we do know is that by practicing neighbor love, by thinking more than just yourself, uh, that we will get through this. So those are some steps for your body, but, but what, what about our mental health? What about our souls? How, how do we get through without giving in to this culture of fear and anxiety? Now, uh, uh, Pastor Chuck DeGroote from uh, um, uh, the west side of, of America, someone who I, I highly respect, he, he gives a few tips uh, that, that we've, I've, I've rejigged just a bit. The first one is this. Begin and end your day with contemplation with prayer and silence and scripture. So often, uh, the very first thing we do when we wake up, just to get that dopamine hit, is we pick up our phones and we check our notifications. Am I, am I like, I know I'm not lying. But I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, buy a $6 alarm clock and use that to wake up And don't allow the onslaught of your notifications to tumble over you as the first or last thing in your day. God should have the first word and the last. And so to to practice to protect your mental health, to protect your soul, I urge you, I urge you to begin and end your day with contemplation. Take in news in small doses. Right? Don't spend hours just article after article after article after article talking about who died and how this is spread. We need, to be, we need to keep abreast of what's happening in the world, absolutely. But take in news in small doses to protect your mental health and your soul. Number three, limit your social media intake. Number four, avoid fear-inducing conversations as a coping mechanism. We do that. We enter into these conversations and, uh, as a valve because we, we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We just uh, sort of create these toxic environments to talk about what's happening as, as an outlet. And so I want to encourage you to not do that, to be a presence of non-anxiety in your workplace, in your university, in your homes. Don't enter. Don't enter into that. And number five, I feel like a hypocrite here, but get a good night's sleep. I'm sorry for the parents here. You feel judged. I'm not judging you. I get it. I'm in the boat. I'm with you. But get a good night's sleep. That is the best uh, way that you can protect yourself and protect your body and your soul. And finally, turn off your notifications. It's very simple. Turn on Do Not Disturb to limit the stimulus at the end of your day as you are getting ready for bed. And in these ways, as we do this together as a community, we can learn, we can train ourselves to be present to God, ourselves, and to others. And I want us to just imagine now, as I call up the band, I want us to just imagine, just imagine the opportunities that we have. So often this has only been cast, only been cast as a risk. 
what opportunities lie here for us as the people of God? Seriously, who could we be? What kind of beautiful community we can be? What kind of witness to the goodness of Jesus, to his beauty, to his supremacy can we be? We have the resources. We have the spirit of God. We have God living and dwelling within us. Who can we be if we choose self-sacrifice over self-preservation in this, in this moment of time? Instead of fighting for toilet paper, how about we give it out? Like that's crazy. Instead of hoarding resources, we go to our neighbors and our friends saying, how can I bless you? How can we be the church for you in this time? Maybe it's calling your neighbors, dropping a note saying, I don't know where you are with all of this, but do you need groceries? Can, can we love you in some way? Because we're living in this culture of just hoarding and, and scarcity. And we felt that. We've laughed at some of it. We've been disgusted by other people's behaviors or maybe even our own. But what does it look like? Imagine with me if we chose self-sacrifice over self preservation. Imagine if we could be a people that respond in faith and not fear. Imagine if we would be a people that would live out of the wisdom that God has given through common grace to those who don't follow Jesus. Imagine if we cultivated lives of non-anxious presence where we get to shape the culture of the space that we inhabit. That this God who utters and, 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 and the earth melts, did you know that power, that, that being, that person lives in you? We have an incredible God. In, in the Old Testament, it was said, who has a God like us who is so near? Because they had God in, in the tabernacle dwelling with them as they travel through the desert and in the temple. But listen, who has a God who has chosen to take up residence here? In you. This is not a time for the church to cower in fear or stupidity. It is not a time for the church to become and display xenophobia or racism. This is not a time for the church to become just what the culture is, anxious and fearful. This is a time for love, for self-sacrifice, for witness, for grace, for common sense. This is a time for us to be the people of God. This is an opportunity us. I want you to walk away knowing this is an opportunity, knowing this. I am one in whom Christ delights and dwells in. I live now in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God, and the kingdom is not in trouble, and neither am I. God is near. God is near. And so allow me to read Psalm 46 over you now. Receive this as a gift. Receive this not as my words. These are not my words, but these are the words of the very living God given to us this morning. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation, that's you, that's us, that's the church, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved, and God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, come, come. Behold the works of Yahweh, how he has brought desolations to the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Listen, be still. Chill out. Stop. Rest. Delight. Have trust. Have faith. Know that I am God. How tender is that? How good is He that He speaks and the earth melts and mountains get thrown into the sea and He comes to us? He says, do not fear. I'm with you. Be still. Be still. I got you in this. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is what? Our fortress. That's good news. That's good news in a world of bad news. In a world of fear and anxiety and panic and false faith, that is good news. And so we're going to invite you now to stand and sing. We're doing the Lord's Supper a bit differently. We're going to take in the body and the blood of Christ in a a different way. We've done it before like this, but there are... Would have been some uh, disposable cups with some grape juice in there and, and some crackers. And we invite you, as you feel led, uh, to take this in to you, knowing that he has asked us, Jesus commands us to do this as many times to remember him until he comes back. And so we look forward to the day where he comes back. Let me pray. Father, we thank you again for your goodness. We thank you that you're in control. We thank you that you're sovereign. We thank you that you're a very present help in a time of need. Visit us now in power. As we worship together, as we take the Lord's Supper together, visit us now in power. Lord, right now I pray that you would sweep through this room and give a supernatural unction of faith. That you would meet us who are weak that you would minister your grace to the anxious and the fearful. That we would know, that we would be still and know that you are God. 
We love you. And may you receive our praises now as an incense, as a gift, as an offering of praise. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.